Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this episode is with Catherine Allison, who you probably know from Aladdin on Broadway right now, but hopefully you also know her um, from the new original scripted podcast called Loveville High. And lovevillehigh.com, you should visit that um, whenever you have a chance to learn more about it. It's uh, it's nine ten-minute episodes. They could stand alone on their own, but they can also be played uh, serialized to, to have a bigger story. It's about every different type of relationship that you can think of all attending this prom in a high school and it's just a phenomenal idea and a phenomenal concept. And Catherine, um, we Kate, I brought her in. We talked about Loveville High. We talked about, um, gosh, her, she's got a learning disability that actually uh, prevents her from from easily learning blocking and lyrics and lines, which you would think, of course, might prohibit her from getting on the Broadway stage. But she's there. She's learned how to use it to her advantage. She's she's a phenomenal person, and I enjoyed talking with her so much. Um, she's also very body positive. How she presents herself on social media is is very uh, very. I, I look up to it. I I I respect her for for how she puts herself out there, and and it's it's very impressive. So um, as always, I'll keep this reflection reflection section short. And uh, here we go. Please enjoy this episode with Catherine Allison. In 2014, she won the New York Musical Theater Festival's Next Big Broadway Sensation contest put on by New World Stages, beating out 200 other singers. As an alumni of Paper Mill Playhouse, where she won the Douglas Michael Kruger Scholarship, in addition to having Bucks County Playhouse and the Muni on her resume, also recently featured by Broadway.com as one of five rising stars they'd pick to play Dorothy in The Wiz Live. Now currently in Disney's Aladdin on Broadway and playing Madison in the new podcast musical Loveville High, Catherine Allison, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. It is cold outside, isn't it? Is it is cold, but I just got some mint tea, so I'm warming up. I am a fan of the mint. So am I. I feel like it just opens opens all the the nasal cavities and all the things. So I feel good. Good. So <laughs> let's start off here. Um, how we normally start off, and we go we we go way back to your childhood and and talk Ooh. about uh, where you came from. And I think you are a New York City child, right? Yeah. So I was born here, um, and my parents lived in New Jersey. So born here, raised in New Jersey. So I'd like to say I'm a tri-state area. <laughs> Child, you know, I grew up very close to New York City, so I used to come every weekend with my mom to get our hair done. Um, and I had this weird thing that I'd always have to wear black coming into the city because I thought everyone who was cool in New York City wore black. I don't know why, but she how was old like, are you? <laughs> I don't know, like six or seven. <laughs> my mom was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you should be wearing some color." I was like, "No, I have to wear black. Everyone cool wears black." So when I was a kid, I wore. Everything oversized. That, mm. That's what I thought everybody wore. Because I was in North Carolina. It wasn't anything about New York. Right. So I didn't have any sense of fashion. <laughs> but maybe I could have done better being wearing all black. Um, so then what part of New Jersey did you grow up in? Uh, so originally Maplewood. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in middle school, we moved to South Orange. 
And now my parents live in West Orange. But I didn't know until I was in high school that a lot of Broadway people live in Maplewood, New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like currently? Currently, yeah. yeah. Currently and when I was there. Um, but if I had known that, I'd probably been like stalking everyone because I was such, I mean, I still am a huge theater nerd, but I probably would have been like, oh my God, who's that over there? Like, oh my God, are they so, like, I don't know. Yeah. Is there, is there a, a, like a, a the equivalent in LA, you know, where they do the 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 tours of Broadway homes. Mm-hmm. I'm not Broadway. Uh, the celebrities' homes. Is there like <laughs> a, a a tour people can start here of touring all the the? Oh my uh, gosh! Like the, and inside on the 31st floor of that high rise building is <laughs> is so and so probably. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I know I used to live very close to where like Lauren Hill used to live. No kidding. Um, so I probably would have, you know, if I'd known exactly where she was, I would have been like, hey, like, can knock, you knock. teach me some stuff? <laughs> she would have been like, again? Again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I read an article um, in, in which point that uh, you, you said that you discovered at a young age that you had a learning disability? I did, yeah. Um, I I have several of them. They're pretty, you know— it's interesting because, you know, theater involves a lot of memorizing and memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I have is short-term memory as well as auditory processing, which basically means uh, if someone gives me a list of things, tasks, they tell me a list of tasks, it's hard for me to replay what those tasks are to you, which weirdly, I know it's weird. So it's like, it was very simple when I was little. My mom would be like, hey, um, can you pick up the laundry? Can you go downstairs and get me a pencil? Can you go down, go to the refrigerator and grab me a glass of orange juice? And I wouldn't be able to repeat those things back to her, hmm. which is so crazy to think that like why something in my brain wasn't firing. But because I was in theater, it actually helped me to remember those things better because those are the things that you need to learn when you're memorizing lines. You know, you have to remember your cues and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's been a great deal of help. It's still a bit of a struggle, but but it's gotten a lot, a lot better. So what's the difference actually between short-term and long-term? I know that people, it's a, people often confuse the two. Right. So short-term is is literally like less than a minute or something, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Things that are very, um, you know, happened just recently, whereas, you know, things that have happened over a long period of time Mm -hmm. stick in longer. So for me, um, I've had to create different techniques about how to really get, yeah, how to like stick lines in my head Uh because, you know, (laughs) I will forget things very quickly, which is obviously not great for um, this industry. But yeah, some people look at me weird when I'm memorizing my lines. They're like, why do you have like all of these note cards with all your lines on it? I'm like, this is, this is how I got to do this process or it's not going to get in there and stick, you know? And so how, how do you, how then do you commit it to long-term? Cause you have to like get it past short-term. Right. Right. So I, sorry, I'm, I'm really curious. I, I know. About you're this. Like, yeah. Um, no, it's cool. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like I do what most people do maybe, but just, um, You know, I sit with my script. Once I have a script, I sit with it every single night. And I read through the whole thing every single night, which sounds crazy because you're like, wow, that's two and a half hours worth of material that you're doing every night before bed. But it seems to work for me. Hmm. Um, And then also, if it's something that's really tough, I'll take, just like when you were um, in school and you were studying a language that you would have the definition or the 
for example, like, like bonjour, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the and the uh, and the meaning on the other side would be the same thing. So that would be, I don't know, in Aladdin, like still, I think she's rather tasty. Would be on one side, and then the Q line would be on the other. You know? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, I didn't even think about that. That yeah, your lines are coming in in a sequence. Yeah. So if you can't remember sequences, and then yeah, that poses a challenge. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you've worked through that. <laughs> yeah. 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 With lots of help. With lots of help. But yeah. Yeah. Well, how did that affect you as a child? Um, you know, I had really great parents. They were ones to see a problem and not be like, oh man, that sex. I don't know how we're going to deal with that. They were like, nope, we're going to figure this out because we um, think that there's nothing that you can overcome. Mm-hmm. So I was really lucky, lucky and in a privileged situation to attend a school that was specifically for people who had learning differences. So a lot of the tools that I learned while I was in middle school at mm-hmm. that school is kind of the, still the stuff that I use today. I've talked with a lot of people now and Mental health and therapy comes up so often, mm-hmm. so often. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm going to generalize here a little bit, but I feel like to be a really good actor, you have to be in touch with your emotions, of course. You yeah. have to be in touch with who mm-hmm. you are. And that comes with a lot of, a, a lot of realization uh, of pain and hurt that you may have caused others or that you are, that others are causing mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. And, and you kind of, you kind of like deal with the coping or how you cope with it is, is a lot of people's therapy um, or literally the therapy is how you cope with it and they get on stage and that's how they can deal with a lot of it. Right. And a lot of like super shy people or people who have issues, they can work through that by getting on stage, yeah. by singing, by expressing themselves in a mm-hmm. way. Um, it, it was interesting, something really eye opening for me. And I kind of, I'm kind of digressing here a little <laughs> bit. Um, when I was talking with Ali Stroker, um, of course she's in a wheelchair yeah. and, and she said that she loves theater because it's it gives people an excuse to look at her. I love that. They out when we're walking around, we see somebody with a disability, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, okay, gotta look away. Mm-hmm. Not supposed to look at them. Right, not supposed, right, you know, right. mommy says never stare, daddy says never stare. But she's like, when I'm on stage, they can look at me for an hour and a half and not feel bad about themselves, and it's not uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's that is beautiful. It's yeah, I, lo- I love that. That's. But yeah. Yeah. She I'm a huge fan of hers, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. huge fan. Yeah. And I think she she did Paper Mill as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's yeah. in Loveville High yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which yeah. is so dope. I'm like, oh my gosh. All these people that I'm fan of, <laughs> like huge fans of, are in this podcast. And the fact that I'm like listening to them in my head, I'm like, oh, this is just the best thing ever. <laughs> well, let's talk about Loveville High for yeah. a second. Now that now that we've gotten there. So what for those who don't know, what is Loveville High? Loveville High is a nine-episode podcast musical that is set in a fictional town in Ohio. And it deals with, I think, a lot of things that high schoolers today are dealing with about identity and love and what do you do if uh, when before you get to college and, you know, typical things that I think uh, a modern teenager this in this day is dealing with, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of modern teenage drama that I, I always I, like. I'm a dad. I got two small kids now, uh-huh. and the crap that they're gonna deal with. Like, I dealt with crap. The crap that they're gonna deal with now that the internet is a thing. Oh my gosh! I grew up analog, and then I went to college digital. I'm mm. I'm that 
what is it, Xenial? That the five year window oh, of Xenial, yes. yeah. And it, the stuff that they're gonna have to deal with, like, with it, it, it baffles me. I'm scared. I'm scared for them, but I really want them. Again, going back yeah. to the therapy aspect, is finding something like this to express themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, I kind of grew up in like a in a switch kind of happened for me in the middle of like high school, which I don't know if is the was the best or maybe it was. I don't know. Because we were kind of slowly learning what Facebook was and oh, yeah. kind of cyberbullying and how that came up. And but having a place where you can express things to someone who is totally unbiased and can give you so many angles mm-hmm. to assess the situation and figure out what the best way to handle it is, I think is essential for me at least yeah 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 and and well singing is a form of therapy mm-hmm. writing is a form of therapy yeah. um therapy obviously <laughs> is literal literal therapy or, yeah uh, no i gosh i cannot talk enough about the importance of like maintaining your mental health as much as your physical health mm-hmm. i think in in america we just we it's taboo and it, it's considered shameful for some reason it is, it is. Um, and I, I don't like it and i really i really applaud um, the the creators of Loveville High for creating something that that is bringing out um, what is like you said what is becoming very standard in mm-hmm. in high school now yeah. for for these kids like high school that is your whole world the prom is the pinnacle it's, yes right? yes yeah absolutely it, so in Loveville High you've got you know transgender transgender cisgender um, gay and straight relationships yes. you've got all these all these uh, represent, uh, representative um, relationships, right? And uh, it, it, it's I love it. I love that. That's where we're heading. So your your character of uh, Madison, mm-hmm. right? So what is Madison? Madison is, um, you know, she's exuberant. She's super playful. Everyone loves having her around. Um, you know, she's a big girl with a big voice. But I don't know if she. You know, she realizes, I think, throughout the episode that she kind of loves the quieter sides of herself and, um, you know, wants to be the girl who has, like, a close-knit group of friends that she relies on for everything. And I think she kind of shocks herself through the episode about how she feels about that. Um, And I think that's pretty cool because I I relate a lot to Madison, actually. How so? Um, Kind of like that imposter syndrome where you're like, <laughs> you're like, everyone's put this role on me, but I don't actually, am I that? Or am I truly something else? Um, and I think the quieter moments that she has in in the episode are, are so beautiful and uh, poignant, and I can't wait for people to hear them. Have you recorded it yet? I have not. Oh, wow. But um, we have rehearsed. Um, some of the songs mm-hmm. in the in the in the episode, and they're so beautiful. They're so so beautiful. So. I was going to ask about the rehearsal process first. I guess let's let's back up before mm-hmm. we get to rehearsal. The audition and casting process. This is a podcast. Yes, this isn't a normal musical. So how is it different? Um, I guess it's more of an internet thing, right? So, um. I got an email saying like, hey, would you be interested in playing this part? Here's what the music sounds like and here's 
a, a piece of the script, and I was like, I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very honored that you asked me to be a part of this fabulous group of people. Um, and then I said yes, and that was it. So I, I, my assumption is that maybe they um, saw some of my videos online and were interested in my sound, and that's pretty dope. I think I love the age of the internet for that. Yeah. I love the age yeah. of the internet for that. Well, it, there's a lot of that going on. I mean, like, look at Be More Chill, right? Yeah. Like that is coming to Broadway literally because of the internet. Yes. It's you, incredible. So I, I, I love that. I love, I, I love and I'm scared at the same time. Yes. yes. Because I've mentioned this in a previous episode that I hope, I hope we don't get to the point where it's like, okay, um, so we're looking for this type of person with this type of uh, personality and must have 50,000 Instagram followers. Which is starting to happen. It is starting to happen, which is, you know, it's a catch-22 because you want people to come and see this amazing piece that you've done. Um, and you hope that the people that you give it to do it justice, which they, I feel like they do. But, right. you know, it's it's a, it's a catch-22, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I guess it's, it's you know— Necessity of change. Mm-hmm. We're we can't fight it, so might as well join it. Right. But I was I was reading an article the other day about um, uh, I guess it was interviewing well known influencers, and one of them who's mm. you know, millions of influencers. All he does is literally just post crap on on Instagram <laughs> and gets paid for it. And and he's like, yeah, this is going to go away. I realize that. Yeah. Like, this age of influencers is going to die. So, you know. The, the He's like, I'm just going to get it out as much as I can yeah, and like use yeah. it for what I, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting to me, but that's where I think like there's a, there's a great love, a Loveville High. Um, it's a great merge of this technology because it's, it's using the platform to bring out uh, new content in it or old content in a new way. Yeah. I love this 1940s like radio play thing coming back. Like yes. I'm really, really into it. Um, and I hope there's more. I uh, there's some sort of aspect of it's kind of like when you listen to really old Broadway cast recordings. I don't know about anybody else, but I used to like kind of like sit on the floor of my bedroom and like have my headphones on and just like try to imagine myself there really? in places that, you know, like King and I, stuff like that I couldn't see mm-hmm. because I just wasn't around. Um <laughs> physically. Um, and the fact that this is kind of broadening that and creating a full story so you get the lines and it's and the sound effects mm-hmm. of, uh, it's it's really cool. Oh, Foley artists are so underappreciated. So underappreciated. Like you, 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 if you're not thinking about it, then they're doing their job. That's, that's the great part about it. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be, you got to be listening for all that yeah. kind of stuff. So. Did you, I love how they're now starting to film like a quiet place, how they brought out. Did you ever see that? Yeah. They yeah. did like the Foley artist. Um, and so you got to see actually how they do it. And I'm like, this is incredibly fascinating how to create uh, a, a, an energy in a space. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so. I like the behind the scenes stuff where it's like, okay, now for this horror movie, there, here's guts getting pulled out of the person. <laughs> but th- what we really did was just like crush up some lettuce and put yes. ketchup in it. Yeah. You know? So that's yeah. what they're getting all that stuff. I yeah. like the creativity behind some of this. It's it's so fascinating. Yeah. But um, anyway, back to you. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here. Um, you also have said, I, I read that you're a body activist. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? To me, that means um, 
finding self-love in yourself and trying to, as best you can every day, rejecting the societal standards um, that I feel like have been put on women's bodies or pretty much everybody, really, Mm -hmm. that we've seen on magazines, on TV, what we should look like, what we should be eating, what we should be working out um, and doing. And so that's really what it is for me is not being a body activist to myself, waking up every day and being like, I love myself, I love the way (laughs) I look, I'm gorgeous. But also um, conveying to people that you don't have to be what everyone expects you to be. Yeah. um, And that's okay. And I, it's what I love about this episode is that Madison talks about that. She's like, I know it's crazy that I feel this way and I know it's society putting it on me that, you know, that I should be like this skinny girl at prom wearing this gorgeous prom dress. But like, I love the way I look and why, why does not everybody see that? <laughs> so. Well, how long did it take you to get to, to grow into your skin? Like to get comfortable with things? You know, I think the internet helped me with that. Really? Yeah. Um, I was on Tumblr a lot in high school and there was this one specific blogger that I found She's now huge. She's like a massive, she like has her own swimwear line, like her own lingerie line. Um, Gabby Fresh for anybody who wants to check it out. (laughs) Um, And she helped me a lot because she was so, she looked like me. She lived in New York City. She wore all these amazing outfits. And I was like, oh, that's the stuff I want to wear, but I can't find it. And she was so good about being like, here's the stuff that I'm wearing this is the place you can go find it. And it was so cheap and accessible. And it was really honestly her that helped me like start that um, love of myself. And of course, therapy with, you know, helps as well, of course. So you were, you said in high school, so mm-hmm. like 16, 17. Yeah. yeah. Those, those like the, the really impressionable years. Yeah. Yeah. Going in again, going back into the prom and what all your, yeah, of your course. friends think of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And my abuela actually made my prom dress. Really? Yeah, because I was like, I can't find anything in my size that looks remotely great and doesn't look like an 80-year-old would wear this. (laughs) So my Will and I got together. I designed the dress, and she helped me make it. And it was, people were like, wow, that dress is so beautiful. And I was like, what can I say? I made it, so. (laughs) Um, and you have a bachelor's degree in musical theater from Ithaca mm-hmm. College. When when did did you decide that you really wanted to pursue acting? Man, I feel like a little later than most. I wanted so badly to be a politician, actually. No kidding. Yeah. I wanted to be in the New Jersey State Senate. Like, wow. that was something I was really keen on. Um, and it flipped. I... I started taking voice lessons because my teacher in middle school um, was like, oh, you have a voice and your mom should put you in voice lessons. And I was like, okay. And it suddenly like kind of took over everything. And my friend at the time was like, I'm going to make you a mixtape of some Broadway tunes that I think you might like. And I was like, what's Broadway? (laughs) (laughs) No idea. Um, And I think Little Shop was on there and Mm -hmm. Castle on a Cloud and Aida. And I was like, whoa, my my mind was blown. So that kind of, it started changing around that time that I was like, maybe Broadway is what I want to do. I want to become an 
actress? Okay, how do I do that? Well, what did you listen to until you got that mixtape? What was your your music style? Oh, NSYNC. <laughs> <laughs> Backstreet Boys. But also my parents were really into jazz and mm-hmm. R&B. So I was really just listening to their music. So a lot of Shaka Khan, John Lucian, um, uh, Luther Vandross, Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, the list can go yeah. on and on. But that's well, what I was listening well, to. Like the boy kid. bands are nice, but they're not they're not someone right. to emulate. Right, 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 right. But like definitely the like the Ella Fitzgeralds and the yeah. Sarah Vaughns and Whitney Houston. Of course. And those are the people that when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's who I was trying to model my voice after. Hmm. So yeah, so at Ethica, mm-hmm. it, what at what point I mean, I guess you're talking about imposter syndrome earlier. Have you? Do you yet feel like, yeah, this is this is me. I'm I'm coming into my own now. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I feel like I, I'm confident in certain areas, and then there's other areas that I'm like, you know, I really I still need to work on that, or I still need to delve deeper into genres mm-hmm. or different aspects of myself. So I feel, I mean, I definitely feel more confident about myself since college, for sure. I feel like college is such a whirlwind time because you enter, you come from your high school microcosm and then you enter into like this huge microcosm of people, of all different types of people that you've never probably met before Mm -hmm. um, and discovering who you are within that. But you can also start over and like leave your high school persona behind, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed leaving, leaving a lot of my <laughs> high school behind They're too. Like, Bye. Yeah. Yep. Peace out. I'm going to go get an education now. Yeah. Um, and so in 2015, mm-hmm. made your de- Broadway debut in, yeah. in Aladdin. And what was the first thing that went through your head when you got that call? Uh, the first thing I said was, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I I was shocked. I really, I, it was one of those things that I went in and I was like, I'm going to try and do the best I can because the other people that are up for this are amazing and um, maybe they'll call me one day, like six years from now. Um, and so receiving that call, I was like, I, my mind was blown. My mind was blown. I was gagged. <laughs> As I like to say. <laughs> and how has your life changed since since joining the show? I mean, simple things like I've moved to New York, which is what I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. Yep. Um, but and I just feel like my uh, my creativity has grown. Um, my cast is one to not stop dreaming or uh, working on themselves, and I find that so inspiring and. We've done so many projects together. We've done short films together. We've taken class together. They're just one to be like, you know what? I'm not, just because I'm, you know, in 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 a show, it doesn't mean I'm not uh, trying to better myself, mm-hmm. which is so great to learn at an early part of your career, you know? Right. So it's been, it's been an amazing ride. Well, even, yeah, even the, even the people who have just been at this for decades still take classes. Right. A lot of them teach, uh, but they're still working. They're always trying to improve. I yeah. Think, you know, that's a sign of somebody who really cares about themselves and their craft, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you're always looking to get better in some yeah. aspect. Yeah. Um, 
going back to Loveville High. Yeah. The we touched on this earlier. The the rehearsal process. I yes. promised you we'd get back to this. <laughs> so the rehearsal process. How was how was that different for this compared to your traditional Aladdin? Um, traditional Broadway musical. Traditional. Um, I would say uh, there's a lot of aspects that that are the same. You know, David is um, kind of directing, um, and so we go through the scene and the beats of the scene and what are the intentions and what uh, what is she fighting for? What is she um, learning about herself throughout the episode? But where it differs is that, um, you know, you have you only have your voice to use. You don't have your body, you don't have your face to convey how you're feeling. Um, and so therein lies the challenge of how to convey everything that she feels and um, expresses through the lovely voice, which is a challenge I love. And I think some of the best Broadway recordings, cast recordings I've heard is going to the show and seeing it and then listening to the cast recording and being like, wow, it's still the same experience I got in, on stage. So how can I invoke the song or invoke the piece with the same amount of energy and intention um, that would happen on stage if someone were to see a live version of it? Oh, so interesting you say that. When, when I <laughs> first started listening to cast albums, it was long before I'd ever, I think, seen a, a show. Mm-hmm. And... And I thought that they recorded, they took a live performance. Right. And put it on, put it on tape. Yeah. You would think that. Yeah, because the energy is just there. It's just there. And you're like, it's so amazing. Like, how, what? How do they do that? <laughs> how, like, it's without any, because it's, you don't, you don't have a moment before. You don't have, it's just like, you just got to go and you do it. And they do it in such a short amount of time. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this urgency thing. Um, so to have the space to do that with, a full scene and everything is pretty cool and with multiple takes too. Yeah. Which is... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I didn't like that take. So actually, let me say it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What do you hope that that the audience or the listeners take away from from Loveville High? Like your performance or from the story? Um, I think self-acceptance is okay at any age. And... um, I do hope a lot of high schoolers listen to this because I would have lived to have something like this um, when I was in high school to know that um, I wasn't alone in how I felt. Um, I think it's so easy to feel isolated. And even the internet can feel isolating. And so the fact that a kid could find this and feel like, oh my gosh, there's someone out there that knows exactly how I'm feeling is pretty exciting. And so I hope I hope that's what they take away. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. It, it's like we were talking about, it's very, uh, each episode is its own self-contained thing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a different story of gender identity and relationship identity. And there's something for everybody. Yes, but it all absolutely. plays together in its own, in its own like, whole season arc, if you want yeah. to call it that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's all one story in, in different episodes. But mm-hmm. um, you also are, you do a lot of solo work. Mm-hmm. And would you call yourself a more of, would you call yourself a Broadway singer or a, a recording artist? I would say both. Um, I love recording. I love, love recording. There's something about... Um, trying to achieve the best 
take possible that I feel like is <laughs> the perfectionist in me, like loves that. Um, but, uh, but you know, there's so many genres that I get to explore as a recording artist that I think are really fun. Um, and Broadway, of course, like it just feels so good to sing. Like for me, <laughs> I love a big like brassy belt song. That's like my, it just feels so good. And um, the fact that I get to combine both of those worlds together in one podcast is <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, it, it, it makes my, I'm just, it's very exciting. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, you did your first solo show in a while back in November mm -hmm. uh, at Rockwell, Rockwood Music Hall. Yeah. Do you have any plans for, for any more shows coming up? Yes, there will be a show soon. I can't say where it's going to be yet, but um, it's going to be in the spring. Um, after I come out with my album on February 8th. Ooh. And where can we get your album? You are going to be able to find it on iTunes and Spotify and Tidal and Amazon. Like, pretty much everywhere. Everywhere it's sold. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And then in the future, mm -hmm. do you see yourself pursuing more of a solo career or sticking with Broadway? Or again, both, maybe? Probably both. Yeah? I love both art forms so much. I think... There's such a, I love being in rooms with people and sharing a an experience. And any way I can do that is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So whether it's on Broadway or, uh, you know, if I'm performing at the Boston Pops or something, it's going to be <laughs> uh, both our art forms that I love so much. As long as you're expressing yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we've got a few Closing questions, but there's yeah. a quote I want to actually get into before we okay. we wrap up. This came from a fitforbroadway.com oh, article. Yeah. Uh, in a quote, we live in the instant gratification age where we want everything to happen now. I want to achieve everything I have ever hoped for myself in the fastest, most convenient way possible. If I can Amazon Prime everything else, why can't my life be the same way? <laughs> patience, patience, patience. That's my mantra, baby. End quote. <laughs> Let's discuss that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think as millennials, we, we're trained to, uh, that we can get anything we want right now. Like if I want to look up a video on how to chop up carrots the right way, I can find it and figure it out. Um, so not trying to unlearn those uh things I think can be difficult when you're like, I want everything in my career to happen right now. I want to get like all the awards and do all the things and work with <laughs> all the people that I've ever wanted to do right now. And it's like, no, slow down. It's a marathon. It's not a race that you're running. Um, and evidently it's better that way because the more experiences that you gain, the better performer you're going to be, the better artist you're going to be for um, the audiences that you want to share it with. And it's just a reminder of patience, patience. It's all going to happen. It's all going to happen in a way that you could have never imagined. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I say that a lot to myself. Patience. Slow down, Catherine. <laughs> well, you're getting me. Doing a great job. <laughs> all right. So three final questions okay. here that uh, I ask everybody. Um, very simply, what motivates you? Ooh. I would say people that are younger than me motivate me. 
in a way to like in, influence them and in, be able to influence them in a way that I wasn't able to be influenced when I was their age. Does that make sense? Yes. I, that's just such a unique answer. <laughs> I really like that. Thanks. <laughs> I, yeah, that's The other great. thing that came to my mind was family, but I think that's, you know, I want, I want to do them proud and, you know, they struggled a lot for, to get where they are and I've learned from that and want to be able to be as excellent as possible for them. Wonderful. Yeah. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, Don't you know? To my younger self, um, you're loved more than you can ever imagine, and you're worth it. And to all of the young people listening, everything you've ever dreamed or hoped for is totally achievable. Totally achievable. It might not come out the way you thought it was going to come out, but it's going to come out better (laughs) (laughs) than you probably envisioned. Okay, and last question. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what show would you see? Oh, my God. Just one? Just one. (sighs) That is really difficult. There are so many that just popped in my into my head that were like, okay, these are great markers. Jeez. Ooh. I'm gonna say, I mean, it's kind of depressing, but Spring Awakening. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I just that's a beautiful show. It's a gorgeous show. It's the one that I was like, I'm gonna, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. The original or the original, the yeah, the yeah. original show. I saw it like five times. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, great. And so we can find you online on Instagram and Twitter at Catherine D. Allison. That's Catherine with a Y. Right. Two L's in Allison. Yep. On the web, Catherine-Allison.com. SoundCloud.com slash Catherine-Allison. And of course, you said you're making your your EP, which will come out probably about the same time this episode is coming out. Oh, awesome. Um, YouTube.com slash user slash MSKA19. <laughs> oh, boy. Work, work on that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, find your episode. Do you know what episode number you're going to be on Loveville High? Seven. Seven? Yeah. yeah. So, lovevillehigh.com. And you can find that everywhere podcasts are found. Um, you can get more of me at theater underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter or facebook.com slash official theater podcast. Listen and subscribe via the theaterpodcast.com. Please give an honest review. We read those. We appreciate them. <laughs> we are produced by Jillian Hockman and, of course, a big thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for our intro and outro music. One more time, Catherine Allison, thank you so much for chatting with me. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 